For the second game in a row, Baylor makes it look easy. And now they look ahead to a pretty ticked off team on the horizon. But for now, this is Locked On Baylor Postgame. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Baylor postgame show. Bears winners by 13, but it should have probably been more than that. 94-81 over the West Virginia Mountaineers. Back-to-back wins for the Bears in, what, five of their last six, if you take out that Kansas game last Saturday. Uh, another impressive win for the Bears. And let me let me get this out of the way first. I'm going to tell you something that you already know, but I'd be remiss if not mentioning this off the top. I don't want to take anything away from this Baylor performance today, but that is a bad basketball team that they played. West Virginia. Um, and I feel for them. Obviously, it's it was not an ideal situation. It, it's not any of their faults um, necessarily. You know, they're not very skilled. But I, I look at it, and Edwards, for me, is like the only real Big 12 player in there. I know uh, uh, Battle got his points today, too. But, um, it, you know, the, the big guy was the only one really really making uh, mismatch problems for the Bears. Um, he ends up going 8 of 10 from the floor. Uh, he was putting guys in foul trouble. Uh, I saw Eve Misi get into foul trouble in the first half because of him. Uh, he was the only one that you could really give it to and, and expect to get a positive result if you're West Virginia. Again, Battle ends up getting 25. A, a lot of those in garbage time. Um, he, he ends up shooting pretty well from three. But, I mean, really, if Edwards is the only one I want on my team, really. Um, so it, it's, it's, a, it's a bad situation there. It's not so scandalous that it's not going to get turned around for West Virginia, but it's it's... Kind of sad to see. I, I don't know how on earth they scored 90 points and, and beat Kansas. 90 points without garbage time and beat Kansas. Because, you know, they showed some fight today, but it was obviously too little too late. And Baylor was just kind of keeping them on the end of the yo-yo. Um, but I, I don't, so that's how they get to 81 and they kind of shoot it pretty well the last couple of minutes. But I, I don't know how the heck they got 90 points and beat Kansas. Uh, and Baylor only got 61 against Kansas and couldn't beat them. So uh, this league is beyond analysis, man, beyond analysis. But yeah, I mean, it was really, it, it should have been a 20-point victory. Baylor wins both halves, but um, they they didn't make any of their last five field goals. And in fact, Baylor did not have a field goal in the last six and a half minutes of the game, which concerning uh, kind of a little bit, actually. Um, I, I was looking up at the the eight or nine minute mark and they were up like whatever, 16 or 17 points. And I was like, hmm, I'm interested to see how they play out these, these last few minutes because we have seen guys take on bigger offensive roles the last couple of games. Um, some real true scorers emerging the last couple of games or guys getting their shot back. So I'm thinking, how does Baylor handle this with a scrappy team that is looking for any kind of way back into this game? And again, West Virginia didn't really challenge them, but they they do get it down to I think nine at one point with, with two minutes left. So I, I was a little disappointed in that, that Baylor kind of let them in a little bit, but overall I, 
I can't be too mad that I think nine was the closest they got. So I can't get too mad at that. Now I talk about those guys taking on new roles, man. Jade Nunn, that boy can hoop. <laughs> that dude, that dude can straight up score the basketball. Like he might be the guy you give it to, like the way they did with Adam Flagler last year at the guard position. Like, hey, we kind of need a basket. Can you go and get that for us? Jade Nunn has shown that the last five or six games that he can absolutely do that. Obviously has a has a big game against OU on Tuesday. He shoots the lights out right, and you're like, this is a great night for Jaden Nunn. This is about his ceiling. Uh, I don't expect much of that again. Not that he's not talented, but I didn't expect a lot of 20-point games. He goes the next game and gets 20 points. Five and nine from three with four assists and only two turnovers. So I, I'm, <laughs> we are seeing the maturation right in front of our eyes of Jaden Nunn. I talked about wanting him to be the 2020 Davion Mitchell that was a little offensively challenged, uh, but still played really good defense and and gave and and didn't put them into danger offensively. Um, I was hoping for that. And what we are seeing is the early stages of the next year's Davion Mitchell. Now, for those of you who remember that 21 team, Mitchell really turned it on like with three or four games left to go in the season and the regular season and became Baylor's best player down the stretch. So Jaden Nunn's not, not there, but but Davion Mitchell was giving you a pretty darn good season before that, and that's what Jaden Nunn's starting to give you right now. Uh, Jacoby Walter liked the mentality today. Um, the efficiency still needs to get better. Um, clearly, there was an effort of trying to get him really involved and... Someone told him, Jacoby, you're a shooter. Go out there and shoot. He gets 23 points, but the efficiency numbers are still 6 of 17 from the floor and 4, four of 14 from 3. Like, that's not... Uh, it doesn't get a rebound, only one assist, you know. So we're still looking for something there, but anytime he's putting in 23 points, I, I think that's still going to be beneficial to the team. Um but needs to shoot the ball better. The, I remember one guy I was really concerned about um, who was putting up big numbers in college basketball, uh, but I didn't think shot it very well was Kemba Walker, and he ended up okay. <laughs> um, Ray J, another good game. I really liked Ray J's game today. Uh, 18 points with eight assists and just one turnover. I mean, that's probably your player at the game. For as impressive as Jaden Nunn was, and for Jacoby Walter leading leading the scores for, for Baylor, Ray J Dennis, man, he was doing it inside, doing it outside, getting guys involved. 18 points on, on four of eight from the floor, eight of nine from the free throw line, and eight assists to just one turnover. I'm taking that any day of the week, any day of the week, still 13 and four for Eve Misi, who doesn't um, play a lot in the game because of foul trouble. But the guy who comes in for him is another surprise. Just as Jaden Nunn is that he's scoring 20 points again. I thought we were going to have a Josh Ojan Muna, like 20 and 10 in this game. Uh, he gets 10, five of five uh, from the floor with seven rebounds off the bench, man. And an assist, and obviously uh, three steals, two, two breakaway baskets. He's doing the the Stanley Hudson dribble down the court, uh, but gets it done, man. I, I I loved the game that Josh O put in today, and he was a guy who was who was facing up Edwards in the first half when when Baylor really needed it. When Eve Misi got in that foul trouble, um, Josh O was, was staying in front of him for the most part. He did pick up a couple fouls towards the end of that first half, but. 
he is showing that at his best, he is a real versatile player uh, for this Baylor team. I thought you saw that at the beginning of the conference schedule. I thought he had a really good game against Cincinnati, which was a narrow Bears victory. Um, and you're starting to see it again because in between, he didn't offer a lot. He didn't offer a lot on either side. Um, but today, he showed you the versatility he can give you defensively. And and he was picking up on switches um, pretty well. He was he was contesting a lot, contesting jump shots um, without fouling. So I love that. And he can still be an efficient offensive player. Is he going to be Eve Meese? No, he's not putting the ball on the floor at the free throw line and and getting to the rack like like Meese is. And Meese did again today. But he can absolutely be a viable weapon for you offensively. So. Um, loved what he gave you today. You even got some Jonathan Chamochachua minutes. Um, and now you go on the road to face BYU, uh, which we're obviously going to talk more about on Monday and Tuesday. That game on, uh, is on Tuesday night, but that's a ticked off BYU team, man. I, I don't, I don't know how, but they just lost. They gave up 93, 93 to Oklahoma state, who is maybe worse than West Virginia. Um, and, that was a huge Cowboys win. I mean, I don't think it saves Mike Boynton's job or anything, but that's a that's a BYU loss that that's really bad. They're gonna send Baylor up into the altitude. Baylor's not coming back to Waco. They're they're heading out to Provo tomorrow, um, and it'll be their first crack at the altitude and and just a good environment anyway in BYU. But I loved this victory today. I'll take it. Did it get a little closer than I thought it would? Yeah, but still. Not really threatening, um, and so I, I was, I was in on a thirteen-point Big Twelve road victory. Okay, I I am in on that. Um, let's look at some of the comments here to see what I might have missed because I like this one from Will uh, Kerr Creesa. Did I say that right? Kerr Creesa uh, might be the most unlikable player in the Big Twelve, right up there with Hunter Dickinson of Kansas. Yeah, um, that guy can whine, can he, man? <laughs> Shoot, uh, he was whining pretty good. So, um, yeah, I was th that. That's a good villain right there. He is probably in real life what West Virginia fans think Jalen Bridges is. Um, which, by the way, that was kind of a sad sack effort by just some of the West Virginia fans to try and boo Jalen when he got the ball. You could hear the broadcast pick up some of the things they were yelling at him. Uh, some isolated people. Uh, Jalen had called them like nuisances at some point in the season, something like that. Uh, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, Scotty B talking about something I have not covered yet. Just hope Langston love will be ready for that game against BYU. Uh, if not, we definitely need him a week from now against Houston. That's right. Um, don't no status update on Langston love. And I'll take this one upon myself and the three or four other journalists that were at the media availability Friday morning. Uh, it just, I don't know what happened. None of us asked. <laughs> None of us asked. I'm sure Scott was really loving that, but we didn't ask about Langston Love. I'm sure we would have gotten the day-to-day -day answer, um, which we've gotten from Scott a few times. So uh, I, I don't know. Um, don't know with him. And I hate to keep bringing this up, but speaking of that Houston game next Saturday, this is very similar to what that LJ Cryer injury was like two years ago in terms of uh, they're both foot leg injuries, um, but also just what we were hearing, what we weren't hearing. Um, and I really hope 
that Langston's able to come back soon because that that among some other injuries in that 22 season really derailed a great, great Baylor team, um, which I want to do an episode about that. That 22 team, man, that should have been a Final Four team. And when they were all healthy, all we saw when they were all on the court, when we saw them that year, they were 15 to 0. Anyway, I'm, I'm talking too much about that. Bear the truth thinks Langston was probably available tonight, but was intentionally sad him knowing what the next two games in the road look like. I have no intel on that, but I hope you're right. I hope you're right. But honestly, I mean, this Langston thing, it didn't look season ending, but it looked like he was in a, a good bit of pain. He couldn't put weight on, on that foot when he was walking off. I, I, I don't. I don't think this is just necessarily a precautionary thing. Um, oh, but Will has more than me because I didn't see the warm-up. Broadcast uh, during the game said Langston warmed up with the team, which he didn't do against OU, so progress. Yeah, Will, I would say that. Yeah, I missed that. But yes, he did not warm up against OU. I was out there looking for that. Um, that's usually kind of a progressive. That's a next step. Um I, I wonder if he's if he's practicing. That's all. Because you never know with these guys. Sometimes um, the coaches want them to get a few practices in uh, before they get in the game. Or sometimes they say, uh, if he's healthy enough to play in a game, he's healthy enough to play and he doesn't practice as much. So I don't know uh, about that. I, I'm hoping he does practice. Aiden with a good point here. Ray J. Dennis is the best point guard in the country. That's a lot. But when he's on, not many in the in the country that I'd rather have. Truly, when he's cutting them turnovers down, which he has another single-digit turnover night for the Bears as a team with just eight, forced 14 um, from West Virginia and was plus eight points off turnovers. Uh, they had 20 of them. So that that's big, and obviously they... It felt like they forced 30 turnovers from West Virginia tonight. Uh, but when he isn't, when he's taking care of the ball, the other things are going to come. He's going to score and he's going to assist. And he's going to make his teammates look better and maybe play better. So I'm a big Ray J. Dennis fan. I have been this whole time while admitting that he had some deficiencies early in the Big 12 schedule. He looks as comfortable as he has looked in a Baylor uniform. And if he is just creating the way he is without scoring, he's a massive asset to this team. But he can score from anywhere on the floor. That is such an underrated asset for a point guard, especially in today's college basketball with how important it is. I know you guys have heard a lot of this. I'll go back to the 2022 team. So uh, I, I've compared him a lot to James Akinjo, right? Akinjo was a fantastic player in that year at Baylor, deserved third-team All-American. He couldn't score anywhere on the court. He was a decent, almost decent three-point shooter and would get points and could create. But Ray J. Dennis, man, he can score amongst the trees and just about anywhere in the paint. And and he's he's scoring against these isos one on one down in the low to mid block and it's because he's creating that like you'll see it if you watch a lot of Baylor games but for the casual basketball fan when you're watching him go into his bag um in in those low post moves that he puts on that's that's a 100 foot play 
Like he knows what he's getting when he's going up the court. He knows what matchup he has. And he probably has done his homework and knows what move is going to work on these guys. It's so awesome to watch. And, you know, sometimes he'll go into three or four moves until he finds one that works. And it always works. And he can finish with the right, can finish with the left, and he can finish amongst those big guys, man. He's just a, a real, real treat to watch. Um, and I just love that. To have that, a creating and scoring point guard, which Baylor didn't have last year. They had two really good scoring guards, but a creative and a scoring point guard and points in the paint, which was the I thought the biggest problem with that team last year, which just really trickled down into every other problem they had, that makes this team scary. That makes this team real scary. Oh, man. Like, I'm talking like Final Four kind of caliber. Just wait. Last thing before we go. Scotty B, now where will we be ranked in the next AP poll? Great question. And I think, unfortunately... We might be going into the top 10. It's a stretch. We haven't played well as a top 10 team this year. It's a stretch um, because you think, okay, Kansas was ahead of them. They lost. Well, then they beat a top 25 team on the road, which will not be a top 25 team on Monday, Oklahoma, obviously. But that's what the committee's going to see. The AP people are going to see a a 10-point Big 12 road victory. Um, Marquette got absolutely shellacked by UConn um, on the road. I don't think they dropped 10 spots, even though, I mean, look, who have they played? Who have they beaten? I don't know. I think Baylor's a better team than that. Um, so I don't I don't know if they even make a big jump, but I could I could see them at nine. That would be a three spot jump. Um because I don't I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know what other uh top ten teams have lost this week. Iowa State's ahead of them and had a big win today as well. So um, I'm hoping they stay outside the top 10. And I, I can see some of the comments getting in there too. They are they have not played well this year as a top 10 team. And they don't need that juju in their heads when they go to when they go to BYU, uh, which I have think is the second longest trip you can make in the current Big 12, Morgantown to Provo. So hopefully uh, they can entertain themselves, get their mind in the right spots and hit some shots on the road because BYU did not hit shots today. And that is an anomaly. Anyway, thank you guys for joining 94 81 victory. Drop your comments in the comments below, no matter when you're watching this, what you think about this Baylor victory. Oh, sorry. Before we go. Yes. North Carolina lost. It was crazy. And they gave up 80 points again today. I'm not buying the Carolina stock. I'm just not Uh, in South Carolina was, I guess ahead of Baylor too. They lost. Um, Anyway, they lost twice, as a matter of fact. So, oof, oof, they might really get into the top 10. No bueno. Thank you for joining. Be sure to leave a comment down below. Be sure to like and subscribe. Tell your friends. Thank you for making it your first listen today and every day. We'll be back on Monday with a more of a breakdown of this game, plus a little peek ahead at BYU, and then a full look ahead at BYU, hopefully, uh, for Tuesday's show. We'll also have more from the Brittany Griner Jersey Retirement Ceremony tomorrow, which I will be at. I hope to see you guys there, too. Uh, but until then, thank you again for making it your first listen today and every day, because I don't know how else to end this, but by saying it's Locked on Baylor. <laughs>